Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to my sweet friend, Dana Marie. Dana is a singer and a songwriter and a writer and just one of the most inspiring people I have ever met. And today we're going to be talking about God and his redemption and how to see beauty in the midst of the broken parts of our lives. We're going to be talking about what to do in the hardest moments of our lives and where God is in the midst of them. We're going to be talking about identity in Christ and how to actually see ourselves the way God sees us. We're going to be talking about how to hear from God and how to really know what he's saying in and about our lives. We're also going to be talking about how to date and connect to other people, even when there are things about us that feel like a deal breaker. And you guys, that's just the beginning. You guys are going to love Dana. I cannot wait for you to meet her. But before we jump into all of that, there's something I want to make sure to tell you guys about. So if you've been hanging out in our community for a few months now, you may have seen that I have two new books out. So a while back, I wrote a book called The Lipstick Gospel, and then this summer, I came out with two new books to go along with it, The Lipstick Gospel Prayer Journal and The Lipstick Gospel Devotional. In our conversation today, Dana and I are going to be talking a lot about how we connect with God and how we've gotten to know him over the years and the impact he's had on our lives. And so in the spirit of that, if you're new to being a Christian or don't even know if you'd call yourself a Christian, or if you've been a Christian forever and are just looking for some new ways to connect with God each day, I would love to share these books with you. And actually, I'd love to take a quick sec and just read you the description for the devotional just so you can get a better idea of what it's all about. So it's called The Lipstick Gospel Devotional, 90 Days of Saying Yes to a God Who Is Anything But Boring. And it's really 90 days of small steps towards a fuller relationship with God and with our lives and with ourselves. The Lipstick Gospel Devotional is about God and our relationship with Him and how to find Him in our everyday lives. It's about rest and celebration and learning to love ourselves. It's about travel and whimsy and toes in the sand, about the transformative power of best friends and a really great chocolate croissant. It's a reminder that there's never anything too broken for God to heal or redeem and a dare to say yes to the plan He has for our lives. You can hear about the devotional and my prayer journal and all of my books actually in my shop. It's smaywilsonshop.com. You can also find that link through the show notes over on my blog or through the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at Wilson over on Instagram. Oh, one more thing before we get into it. You guys stay tuned for the very end because something really exciting happened in Dana's life the day after we recorded this episode and I'll tell you all about it after our conversation. Okay, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Dana Marie. All right, friends, I'm here with my sweet friend, Dana Marie, and I am so, so excited to get to introduce you guys to her. If you don't know her already, like, you're welcome already. (laughs) You're welcome, uh, friends, because you're just going to love her. Um, So kind of before we jump in, Dana, tell me, like, just for girls who don't know you yet, um, give us kind of a snapshot, like, who are you? What do you do? Where do you live? That kind of thing. Okay, cool. So yeah, thanks, Steph. I am Dana Marie, and I'm kind of like a little bit of a collage of everything. (laughs) I'm a singer-songwriter, so I have um, some music up on iTunes, Spotify, all that you can check out. Um, Love country music, so yeah, if you like it too, then hopefully you'll like my stuff. Um, But I'm also even more so a writer. I um, love Jesus Christ, and um, I just really feel called to talk about Him and to really pour my heart out in my relationship with Him to share with everyone. And um, I have just 
this like really crazy story that I'm sure we'll talk about Steph. And, um, I've really seen like his redemption through that story. And I feel like called to share that with the world and, um, help other women to just like find their identity in him and their confidence in him. So, um, I just hope that by sharing my story that it will bring some light to others. I love that. Um, well, so I'll kind of talk about it in a sec, like why I wanted to have you on. Um, but I wanted to just talk about, um, how we met because, um, first of all, so we got coffee here in Nashville, like a couple months ago. Yeah. I don't know how long, I don't know exactly how long ago it's been, but okay. How did we get connected in the first place? I don't even remember. It was crazy. Okay. So basically you're like my girl crush because Um, because a few years ago I read the lipstick gospel and I was like, this girl is like my best friend that I haven't met yet. And she doesn't know me, but I know everything about her. And it's one of those things that I'm sure like all of your readers feel. So it's so funny. Um, and anyway, when I moved to Nashville a year and a half ago, I was like, oh my gosh, Stephanie's here. Like I have to at least try and reach out to her. So I did. And that's how we met. Okay. Okay. I, first of all, I totally did not remember that that's how it happened. I, so I, yeah, I had no idea that you were going to say that, Um, but I totally remember you reaching out. And first of all, I feel like it took us kind of forever to find a date that worked because you were traveling and I was traveling. But, um, I I've said this, um, in another podcast in this season, but I feel like this is another example of how powerful it is to go to coffee with people you don't know. And like, I just feel like, so, um, I am totally the kind of person that I'm an extrovert, but also, I don't know. I think I might be right on the line because I kind of a little bit dread, like the small talk or, or, you know, what if it doesn't go well or what if it's awkward? Like I totally worry about things like that. Um, but I know that, you know, one of the things that we talk about all the time in my community here is how important community is. And, I think a lot of us, uh, all of us want deeper friendships and more, more friends. And I feel like just, I keep coming back to this over and over and over again, that the key is like putting yourself out there and saying yes to coffee or sending the email. And sometimes you go to coffee with someone and it doesn't, you don't really click necessarily, but then sometimes like you send an email or you get an email and you say yes. And it turns into this awesome, awesome thing. We were at coffee, I think forever. And we talked about like like a thousand things. Yes. I feel like that's just for anyone who is wanting to go deeper in their friendships or, um, wanting to make more friends or, or someone, you know, if you've just moved to a new town, like send the email, ask the person to coffee. And if someone asks you to coffee, say yes. Like I swear the best things happen that way. And that's, that's so exactly true. how we know each other. I love it's it. So true. Isn't that cool? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, it. Well, okay. So Dana, I really wanted, um, my heart sort of in this, in this podcast is for us to be able to answer questions, um, that girls really have in their, in their real lives. Um, mm-hmm. I want this to be something that's really practical that meets girls where they are and um, that mm-hmm. shows them, Hey, you're not alone in what you're going through. Um, you're going to be okay. And here are a couple like, um, tools or steps to help you move forward in it from someone who's been there. Um, and so I'm so excited to have you here because you, um, you know, I've gotten to hear your story and I'm so excited for the girls to get to hear your story. Um, you've been through a lot in your life and Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of the women in our community have been through or are going through a lot right now. Um, 
And one of my favorite things about God is that he really is the God that brings life from death and beauty from ashes. Yeah, amen. He totally does. And he has done mm-hmm. that all over your life. And I feel like you've partnered with him in a really, really cool way um, to, to do that in your life. And so I'm just so excited to have you here just as like mm-hmm. a girlfriend to sit next to our friends in this community that are going through really hard things right now. Um, yeah. Because I just know mm-hmm. like you just radiate hope and, um, and you've, you and God, I feel like together have partnered to bring such beauty out of some really hard things. Um, and so I'm really, really excited for them to get to hear your story. So, um, if you wouldn't mind, I'm just kind of jumping in. Um, one of the things that you shared with me is that, um, some really painful things happened in high school. Can you kind of just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So when I was in high school, I, um, I was in my first serious relationship and, um, you know, all throughout my life, I always wanted to, to wait for marriage. And, um, and that was just such a big value of mine. It really kind of defined me as values. Well, when you're that, you know, when you're that young and, um, and so it was sort of something that was really important at the beginning of that relationship. And, um, and the guy that I was dating respected that, or so he said, um, it turned out that he actually took that from me. So I was date raped when I was 17 years old. And, um, it was, it definitely, um, put a damper on things and definitely, uh, you know, hurt a lot. And, um, it was something that I was so ashamed of because, um, you know, I think when we, when we think about rape, we think about it in terms of like, oh, I'm in this back alley and it's this like stranger that I don't know. And of course it was not my fault. Of course it was his fault. Um, well, this situation was definitely different because I knew and loved this person. And, um, so it made it really, um, just, uh, it was very confusing, I guess, for lack of better words. Um, I just, I didn't understand like how someone that I love could do that. But I also was blaming myself because, um, I didn't like, it just didn't make sense how like that couldn't, that could have happened in the situation. And I like, so was very ashamed of it, um, and hid it for about a year. So I didn't tell anyone and stayed in the relationship also. Um, and it happened a few more times, um, before I finally like gained the strength to break up with the guy. Um, so it was just like very, um, a very shameful year and shameful time. Um, and then, so a year later, just about like exactly a year later, I was a freshman in college and, um, was past that relationship, um, had broken up and, you know, broken those ties. Um, and I was at a party And the same thing happened with someone else that I had like vaguely known, but, um, yeah, he, you know, same thing happened. So that was kind of when everything just like hit the ground and, you know, hit the fan. And, um, I really just broke down and I was like, um, just completely beside myself. So, um, after that was in the fall of my freshman year of college. And so after that, I just really dwindled down into this like horrible depression. Um, you know, lost like 25 pounds in a couple weeks and, um, was, you know, I'm just a very naturally, I feel like you, I'm like very naturally like bubbly and excited and happy, like genuinely every day. And so I lost that and it was really frightening for my family and my friends. And, um, so what happened was I, I did go into counseling 
And, um, at this point, just to, um, you know, round it back to my relationship with God, uh, at this point I was, I was Catholic and, um, I really, I, I had a relationship with the Lord, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't like it is today. Um, like knowing him the way that I do today. So I didn't have him in the way that I did. Um, or that I do now. So it was without him, you know, I feel like I dwindled into this, um, depression that was like very dark because I just didn't understand my identity in him. Um, so, uh, after a few weeks of going into counseling and being on medication, I, um, you know, things just got really bad one day and I just was at this place where I really thought that everyone would be better off without me there. And, um, and just that, you know, I felt like I was physically just like, not just like trash, you know, like I just felt like I was a horrible person, damaged, broken, like, um, not giving anything good to the world anymore and making boys do things that, you know, that they shouldn't be doing and, um, really taking on like all of that pain in myself. And so I, like, all I wanted was to be with the Lord. And so, you know, in that kind of messed up mind, you know, what depression does to you is just totally screw your mind. Um, I, you know, attempted to take my life and thank God obviously didn't work. I'm still here. And, um, you know, I really just had to lean into him and my family at that time. And, um, and thankfully came out of it and, now I'm on the other side. So yeah, that story definitely defines me. Um, it doesn't define me, but it defines like a big step and, um, just like what's gotten me to where I am today. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a, a big shameful experience for sure. Yeah. What did it look like to like, so you said, um, you really had to lean into, um, into your family and into the Lord, what did that look like? Like what is kind of the aftermath of like, you wake up and thank God you're still here. Like, what did, what did you do after that? Like, what did that look like? So, um, so the day that I attempted to take my life, I woke up the next morning and, um, and I was just like, what is going on here? This is not me. This is not, um, I don't even recognize who I've become. And it was like the healthy part of me was still there. You know what I mean? So it was like these two parts of me were talking to one another and the healthy part was just like, no, like you are not this person. Like, um, it's, you really need to, um, press in here. And so I actually, I called my family and told them what was going on and came home right away. Cause I was only about an hour and a half away from my home at that time. And so I came home and was actually admitted to a psych ward and I was very compliant with it because I just knew I needed help. And a psych ward really sounds very scary and like (laughs) there's a lot of, you know, um, stigma behind that, but it was actually really just like a vacation for your mind and your heart. It was really just like being in this place where you're kind of cradled and, talking to people like all day long in group therapy in one-on-one therapy and just resting. And so it was a place where I felt like safe because I knew I couldn't harm myself. I was, and at the time I honestly was afraid of myself. Um, so yeah, I was there for about a week and then, you know, my family were made aware of what happened and they really rushed to my side. So I guess the way that I leaned into them was, um, by allowing them to and not running away. 
So I think that's like huge. I see a lot of people respond to shame and pain in their own lives by closing up. And, um, I think that, you know, that's what I did attempt to do because I didn't want to bother people with my pain and it almost ended in me not being here. And so, yeah, I'm just like such a proponent for, you know, when you're going through something, it's not a burden to other people. It is so good for you. And it's actually almost like it's a gift for them to be able to be there for you. So I really leaned into my family and I'm not the kind of person who likes to put a burden on anyone. Like I will go out of my way to not burden people. Um, but I, you know, I let my, my brother stay up late with me and just like make sure that I was okay until my parents got home from, you know, wherever they were, you know what I mean? So it was like just allowing people to love me because I realized that, God, like he, you know, he's not physically here right now. So he uses the people around us to be his hands and feet, to be his body. So like allowing people to love me really allowed me to see like the Lord's love for me as well. If that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I think that, um, I think that's, I completely agree that that's something we really do is we don't want to need people because we feel like it's a burden, but I don't know about you, but if a girlfriend calls me and is like, Steph, I'm going through something. Can you talk to me about this? Yeah. it's, it's not that it makes me happy in the fact that like, I don't no. want them going through something hard, but I'm honored. And I feel, mm-hmm. I feel loved by them trusting me and leaning into yeah. me and sharing something intimate with me. And in, totally. in like kind of the flip side of that is that I feel like, okay, this is who we are in our friendship. So if I'm yeah. going through something, I can call you back. Like it, mm-hmm. it creates this sort of safety that this is what this relationship looks like. Yeah. I need you. You're allowed to need me. Right. And I think that's really amazing. And the other thing Mm -hmm. I wanted to say on on the counseling bit is, um, I feel like I, anytime I can, I want to like stand on a soapbox and talk about this. Um, so this is kind of like a fun (laughs) fact, um, that my readers and listeners may not know, but, um, both Mm -hmm. of my parents are licensed psychologists, which is like, most people think that that's like super weird. They're like, wow, what was your childhood like? (laughs) I'm like actually totally normal. Um, but because of that, I somehow got to bypass the stigma of therapy. And Mm -hmm. so at different times in my life for like all different reasons, I've been in counseling. I've, you know, seen a a therapist Mm -hmm. and I always say this, that every single woman in my life that I love, respect, look up to all of my best friends, we have all been in counseling at one point or another. And it has walked us through some really, really hard things in our lives to the point where we're on Mm -hmm. the other side healthier and stronger and, Mm. um, in a way better place. And, and I just like, I'm so glad you said that because I think that we sometimes feel like, Oh, I should be able to get through this by myself or, Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I'm just not strong. So I can't figure this out. Or, I mean, or that you need something really massive to be going on in your life to go to that, to go to therapy. Right. Right. It's such a helpful thing. Like if anything in your life is just a little beyond your pay grade, you know, where you're like, this is a little bigger than I'm able to kind of conquer on my own. I just like therapy counseling all the way. I love that you said that. Amen, girl. Amen. Yeah. I really think that, and this is kind of just echoing what you just said, but I think that our, our strength really lies in our vulnerability and like the more vulnerable we can become with someone that we trust, you know, it's like, the more, the stronger you can become because it kind of just like less, you know, like that expression, like I have to get something off my chest. Mm -hmm. So like when you, when you get that thing off your chest that you think is so shameful and so 
scary and so big and dark and just ugh. when you get that off your chest and you can be like affirmed in a friend or just like told like, it's okay. I still love you. I mean, that is the most healing thing and it makes you so strong. Yeah. So. I always say like our secrets and our shame grow in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so yes, the, the longer we, so good. the yeah. longer we keep them in the dark, they just get bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. And so I know for me, like in areas of my life where I felt shame or, um, embarrassed or afraid of what someone might think every I can picture it in my head, you know, where I've been sitting when I've finally opened up to girlfriends or my family or even a counselor about it. And I swear, yeah, you like lose a hundred pounds, you know, it's you just so you say it. And, and when the other person looks at you and says, you're okay, yeah. we're going to get through this. And that's, the, I love when people say it that way, we are going to yeah. get through this. Like yeah. I'm in this with you. Like, I just, yeah. It's like instant tears, instant relief. It's oh, so I know. good. It's, it's so, so good. true. So well, good. okay. So, so that, gosh, that has been a thing that like, I love how you said it's, it's not that it's defined you, but it's really set you, um, it's really marked your life in a way that, um, has set you in, in like some really beautiful directions, which we're going to talk yeah, about. Um, but totally. it, it really has been a turning point in your life is I guess maybe mm-hmm. a better way to say it, but yeah. there was another big turning point in your life because, mm-hmm. um, you, a couple years later, I think yeah. maybe a couple years later, you got yeah. really sick, right? Yes. Yes. So after, um, you know, after I was kind of, you know, healing up from, from that trauma, emotional trauma, I, um, my body kind of like caught up. And so I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is a, um, a, like, what do you call it? (laughs) A disease that affects like your, um, your digestive system and other parts of your body. I was diagnosed with that when I was nine years old. And, um, my whole life, it was like pretty stable. I was on some medication, but never was taken out for it. Um, but I do think that because of all that emotional trauma that I went through, it kind of just like brought it all out, you know, as it will, when you're stressed out, you start to not feel good and you know how it goes. So I started to just get like wildly sick and, um, you know, I was really trying to ignore it and, um, you know, just kind of like push it away and, like let the symptoms go and all that. But it got to the point where it was like, I had to be in the hospital almost like every other week. It was terrible. So for about five years, I was in and out of the hospital for weeks or months at a time. And then I'd have like a couple of weeks that were okay that I could like, you know, be in the real world, but always brought back to the hospital. So basically my colon just got like so insanely sick that, um, they had to give me, they had to remove it. And, um, give me a bag. So it's called an ileostomy bag that is on the outside of my stomach. And so at the time I was 24 when I had this surgery and I thought it was the end of the world. Like it was, (laughs) it was horrifying. Um, I mean, it's, it's just crazy because now, um, I've had it for six years. And so, you know, I'm like, now I can, I can see in like, appreciate, um, like how it's easy to live with, but I can also go back and see how hard it was because, um, I mean, I remember laying in that hospital bed and, um, it was one night that I like convinced my parents to go home cause they had been, you know, staying in the hospital room for nights and nights. And I was like, you guys, please just go home, like sleep in your own bed. I'm okay. You know, like I can be alone for a night, you know? And so I'd fallen asleep and around 11 o'clock at night, the surgeon came in my room and he was like, Hey, just so you know, and just like totally abruptly wakes me up. And he's like, just so you know, um, I'm going on vacation, but next week I have to take your colon out. And I was like, wait, what? 
what do you mean by that? <laughs> and um, yeah, he's like, so he draws me a picture and he's like, so basically I'm going to take it all out and then you're going to have this bag on your stomach and yeah, that's it. And I was just like, you know, completely beside myself. Like I'm a 24 year old single girl, like totally have like major insecurities about my body already as like most 24 year olds do. Totally. Right. Yes. And <laughs> so I was like, hold your horses. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Totally beside myself. Right. You're like, um, so I'll have like a bag for like a week like during yeah. healing he's like no uh-huh. no for good <laughs> I'm oh like my gosh. okay so um so yeah needless to say totally beside myself you know like could not even process it and um so he left the room and he was just like this older man who like honestly had no bedside manner he like god bless him but just like did not know how to handle a 24 year old girl um So he left in this nurse, like, I swear she must've been an angel. She came in my room and she just like talked to me and like rubbed my back and was like, what do you, what is, what is the thing that you're most afraid of? You know? And we were just talking through it. And at first I was like, well, I'm never going to be able to surf again. And like, what, what are you talking about, Dana? Like, you don't live, (laughs) like I've gone surfing a few times in my life. It's not like I like live on the beach. (laughs) That was the first thing I could think of. And so, um, you know, I thought that I wasn't going to be able to do the things I could do. And she like, kind of like showed me the first step of looking at, at your situation from a bigger perspective. Cause I was like, I was so concerned with the little things that I wouldn't be able to do, but she was like, Tina, like, you're not going to be sick anymore. Like that's the gift. And I was like, Oh, that's right. Like if I have this removed, I don't have to be afraid anymore. I don't have to be glued to the hospital. I don't have to be like, um, in pain all the time. So I would be able to do all the things that I love to do even better. You know, Yeah. it was like, it was such a good first step, you know, in that process. So, um, yeah. And then later on that night, not to get like too crazy deep, but like I, so she left and I was just kind of in and out of sobbing and like trying to sleep. And, um, and I think it was like four in the morning. I wrote a post about this actually. I don't know if you read it, but, um, it was like four in the morning and I, um, and I was like kind of drifting in and out of sleep and I felt, I felt somebody with me, like, in, um, the hospital room. And I felt like, just like the presence of, I I swear it was like the Holy spirit, just like there with me very presently. And, um, it was like my, um, my hospital bed. And then to the left of me was was this chair, you know, like those uncomfortable hospital chairs. Um, I really felt like he was right there. And, and so I look over and it was like, my, my heart could just feel the presence of the Lord there. And, um, and I felt him ask me, like, what are you really most afraid of? And and it was so funny because I was so calm, you know, because you're at so much peace with, in his presence, you know. And I was like, well, I guess I'm most afraid to lose my ability to love and be loved. Because I thought that having something so, um, let's, I mean, let's just say it's disgusting, like on my stomach, like a bag of, you know, what? constantly on my stomach, that it would just deem me completely disgusting, unworthy, ugly, um, smelly, like everything in the book. Right. And I was like, how am I ever going to love anyone? Or how's anyone going to love me if I can't even love myself, you know, or be in my own presence. And, and he just smiled. It was like this warmth came across and he smiled and was like, Dana, like you are never going to lose me. 
I'm always here and I'm all you need. I'm all the love you could ever need. I'm like perfect love, right? And, you know, just like it says in, in the word, like perfect love casts out fear. And it truly did. Like from that moment, I was like, it's so much peace. And the next day my parents came back and I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to have the surgery, you know? And it was, it was like this whole shift where I was like, Lord, I welcome this. Like I welcome the pain and I welcome, like they can take my arm, they can take my colon, they can take whatever they want to take because I'm never going to lose you. And that was when everything changed for me. I was just like, wow, like the things that I think are important aren't, you know? So that really was a huge moment (laughs) for me. That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) And I feel like, um, kind of one of the things that popped into my head. So first of all, I'm so glad you shared that. Um, one of the things that kind of popped into my head was, um, I know that a lot of the women in our community are like growing Mm. in their faith and, um, kind of, you know, yeah, wanting to get closer to the Lord. Um, but I, I know that a lot of them feel like they're not necessarily where they want to be or not like, um, I don't know, like an honor roll Christian yet or something (laughs) like that. Um, can you like break down a little bit what it, because I feel like, um, I can just kind of hear them feeling like, well, I don't think God shows up for me that way. Or like, like I don't audibly hear God or, you know, what right, does that even right. mean? So can you kind of break that down? Yeah. Cause I, cause I just have this feeling that, um, well, I know that God is showing up in their lives yeah. exactly like he does for you and exactly like he does for me. Um, they just yeah. may not know how to look for it. So can you just talk yeah. about like, I guess, like, I don't know if you can talk about the logistics <laughs> of the spirit of God showing up, but just tell us a little right? bit more about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think it's different for everyone because I, you know, I hear people talk all the time about like, Oh, I heard from the Lord. I heard from the Lord. I'm like, what does he sound like? I don't know what he sounds like. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it's just like, it kind of is confusing. And, and then I feel the same way. Cause I'm just like, well, if, how are you hearing from him? And I'm not. And I realize that it's really not, it's not like this experience where he comes and like, maybe some people do know like I shouldn't speak for everyone but for me it was more just like it was almost like speaking the word over myself does that make sense where it was like I know what he says in his word I know what he's told us right I know his promises or I'm getting to know them like better and better every day um so I know his promises so it's like I take the situation I'm in and I'm like okay well what does he say about this and um you know like we were just talking earlier about like, about just the anxieties of like the future of what does it hold? Like, where am I going? And so what I speak over myself is like, you know, she is, she is uh, dressed in strength. And what was that one verse? Um, strength and courage, or, you know what I'm talking about? Totally. And laugh about fear of the future, yes. you know? Yeah. So that whole one and, you know, like, forgive me, I'm, I got to memorize better, but like, I have those on post-it notes and I just like speak it over myself and, um, she's clothed in strength and dignity and, and walks up here in the future. There we go. Left up here in the future. So, um, that's it. Um, that, yeah. So I think that just in like knowing his promises, the more that you can kind of just like almost like digest them and like bring them into your life. Um, it, that's how he speaks to you. And so it's funny because it's almost like learning a language and, Um, you know, if I didn't know, if I didn't know English and people were talking to me, I would have no idea what they were saying and it would just bounce off. Right. Mm -hmm. But like 
knowing a language and like knowing the word and knowing his promises, like it allows me to notice where he um, shows up in my life, if that makes sense. I hope that helps. Totally. No, absolutely. And I (laughs) think that um, I really like that about speaking a language. Like, how would you ever know? Someone could be telling you something in, um, I know that you've been studying Italian. So like someone could be telling you something in Italian, but like, if you don't have a frame of reference for what even category they might like of things they might be saying to you. Um, you know, it's like context clues sort of, you know, if if someone's trying to speak to you in a language, you kind of know it, you kind of look at the context. If they're saying something and you're on an airplane might be about the airplane, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) So I think that's so good. And such a reason to really like be studying and reading the word of God to know him better, to know the kinds of things he'd be saying. And so, um, I, I think another thing that kind of, um, I've never like heard the audible voice of God yet. Yeah. Although part of me is like, come on, God, bring it on. And the other oh, part of me is like, I would be so scared. <laughs> like, you know, I feel like you'd, uh, you just, I think would, I mean, everyone in the Bible does like, you know, they like hear the voice of God or see him or something, they fall over because it's just like too much. Um, but I think that like, for me, um, God speaks to me a lot in almost. So the, I feel like the best way I've ever been able to, to describe it is, um, if you're looking at a river or a stream, the water's kind of drifting downstream, you know, that's, it's just kind of flowing downstream. I feel like when, when I feel like God's saying something to me, it feels like someone threw a log in the river and kind of interrupted it. It's so good. So it's, and and so I don't hear God say like, Stephanie, this is the, you know what I mean? (laughs) But I, but I just kind of, all of a sudden, I feel like something kind of pops into my head in my own thought voice, you know, that just, doesn't, doesn't, it wasn't where my thoughts were going, you know? Um, and it reminds me of something that I know is true because I've, you know, because I know the word of God and, um, just that brings peace or brings a little bit of direction or just says, you're going to be okay. Or I'm here. Or, um, this is like, I feel like, um, this is an example that just popped into my mind, but, um, something I've been working on gosh for years is resting better. Um, and it it was like, gosh, maybe six months ago or something, but I, it was kind of the end of my work day and I, you know, had been working really hard and it was about four o'clock and, you know, I kind of got to the end of what I was working on and I thought, what, should I do right now? Should I, I mean, I could answer more emails. I could keep going. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to close my computer. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to take a bath and read a book. And I just walked upstairs. Um, and on the way, I just felt like a kind of a log thrown into the river that said, I'm proud of you. Good work. Like, it's just like, Oh, like, okay, I'm learning. I'm making pro like I'm, I'm learning what you're teaching me, God. And, um, and so I feel like I just wanted to see if we could just, I mean, it's hard to demystify like the greatest mystery ever, but I wanted to just demystify that a little bit that like God speaks to all of us and he's there and he's present comforting all of us. Um, you don't have to be like a spiritual superstar to feel the Holy Spirit comforting you. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, I really love that. Um, so I wanted to, something that you've written that I've read, um, is you said in the pieces of my brokenness, Christ taught me what it means to be redeemed. Um, you have seen so much redemption in your story and in your life. And you kind of, you talked about it a little bit with seeing the bigger picture of, yes, you have this on your stomach now, but also you're, you're like not sick anymore. Um, but I know that God has really, redeemed so much of your story. Can you kind of talk about that? Like, um, how did that come about? What did that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like my, my life, like, you know, if you could put a word over your life, um, 
and this isn't like the best word, but I'm going to explain why it is good, um, is I guess broken, right? So like I've had like so much brokenness, like literal brokenness of my body, brokenness in relationships, brokenness of heart. And, but you know, and like wounded, right. We're wounded in our brokenness. So what I realized was like, our Lord is a wounded healer, right? He was literally wounded. And, um, I think that there's so much, um, joy that comes from that because I realized that through every painful experience, there's purpose, right? Because there's so much purpose to his wounds, like it saved the world. Right. So, I mean, if I can look at my wounds in that kind of a, um, in that kind of a lens from that lens, it, is really redeeming because I can say like, okay, God, like I know that you can make beautiful things from really messy situations and you can bring purpose to the pain. Right. So I've really just like opened myself up to, and it started that night, you know, in the hospital. Um, I've opened myself up to just being like, okay, God, like, what do you got? Like, I'm, I'm here to like really, um, to show, because I think like when we have brokenness, like it's so easy to choose the, um, like the pain and the shame and the, um, like hiding kind of an attitude. Right. But I'm like, I want this to glorify you. And I want my life to like, when people see me to not see like, Oh, that's Dana. Like I want her, them to see like, Oh my gosh, like the Lord is really working through her and shining through her. Cause she couldn't do that on her own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I think that, um, my, Testament is just like, it's so clear that like, I would not have been able to get through any of that without him and without his help and, um, and not be able to like, um, shine in that, in that way that, um, that I have been able to, because, um, there's just, it's, it's like humanly impossible when you think about all that pain. Right. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, he just shows us like how he can use that brokenness to like really shine himself through if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, there's this image that always, I always think of, um, and I think of it like a tunnel, like, so as we're, and I think, I think it's, um, my Colorado roots coming out. Cause when you are driving the mountains, like you Mm -hmm. go through these covered tunnels, totally. Yes. (laughs) Um, And we'd always like hold our breaths and there's some really long ones. So you have to like, you have to quit. (laughs) You have to start moving again. You cannot get all the way through. Um, but I kind of picture life being that way. And, um, for all of us, we go through these different tunnels in our lives. And when you're going into them, they're really, really scary. And when you're in the midst of them, it's total darkness. Like you cannot see a light on the other side, but you, if you keep moving forward, like you get to the light. And I think that when we get to the other side, we have a couple options. We can Mm -hmm. kind of be like, great, glad I'm through that and keep going. Or we can turn around and go back into the tunnel, knowing what we've learned along the way, knowing that there's light at the end and help the people that are behind us. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I don't know who first said this, but like that your mess becomes your message. I mean, I know you talk about that a lot that like, when we've been through something, we are uniquely qualified to walk other people Mm -hmm. through it. And I know for me, like, gosh, there's so much mess and really most of it, my own, of my own making, you know, in my past and in my life. But, um, it's just amazing to me how, how many conversations I've been able to have where I've actually been able to say truthfully, I've been yeah. there. I totally know how that feels. Um, totally. You're not alone. Like you're not stupid for feeling this way. You're going right. to be okay. And here are a couple of things that might help make the, the journey a little bit easier, even if yeah. it's just, Hey, I'm going to walk with you. And yeah. so I think that that's such a beautiful thing. Like, um, Absolutely. 
that and one just one of the many ways that God kind of redeems these things for us is that the, mm-hmm. really the mess becomes our message if we let it. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, so something that really struck me and I feel like, so really the reason I wanted the, you know, our community to get to hear from you is because you embody this so well, this, um, letting your mess become your message, letting, um, really letting God redeem your pain into something wonderful, something really even better than you had to begin with. And, um, something I was really struck, struck by when we were at coffee, um, is that, um, like just this, this, um, that you're always looking for the possibility in it. You're always looking for the things that God can do through, um, through these circumstances. And Mm -hmm. something that really stood out to me is, so while you were in and out of the hospital, you were home a lot and you used that time at home to start a business. Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I know you're not doing this business anymore. Um, and we'll talk about kind of what you're doing now, but, um, I loved, I just loved it. So can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Totally. I mean, I will always love that time just because it really planted the roots for what I'm doing today. But, um, so while I was in the hospital, I actually got, um, certified as a nutrition coach, like a health coach through IAN. It's in a, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And um, so I got certified through them to be able to coach other people um, in their health journeys. And so I started this website where, um, yeah, I would just like write about wellness and write about, you know, green smoothies and all kinds of things like that. And also kind of like weave in some spiritual truths to there too. So um, it was really, it was really an exciting time and um, just kind of gave me some purpose because I was like, okay, well, I'm not just going to sit here and watch TV. Like I want to do something and, um, you know, like I want to use this time to be able to help other people and like, and really serve others. So that was really the way I could do it from my, from my home or from the hospital bed was to like, you know, just write and blog and, um, talk about, you know, what I was, what I was going through. Like I shared a lot of personal stories about, you know, what it was like to, um, live with Crohn's and live with, you know, having a, an ileostomy, but, um, yeah. So it was, it was definitely one of those things where it really empowered me and kept me positive for sure. I love that. And yeah. I like, so would you have been, was it the fact that you were sick that inspired the the interest in nutrition and fitness? Is that yeah. for sure? For sure. Yeah. I love that. And I, I feel yeah. like, um, I don't remember exactly how you said it. I wish I did, but I remember you saying like, um, something about how when people want to start a business, the thing they're lacking is time. And yeah. I had like a, an abundance of time and I couldn't really right. do anything else. And so I decided to use it to help other people yeah, through what I was exactly. going through. Totally. I just think that's amazing. Totally. I love that. I feel <laughs> yeah. like that's so, um, just it, like, that's just such a perfect picture of, Hey, I'm going to find some purpose in this. I'm going to find some goodness yeah. in this. I'm going to use this mess. Totally. To be my message, to help yeah, other people through it. Absolutely. And the cool thing about it, just to encourage people if they're kind of going through the same thing, is like you don't have to have it all perfected. Like it doesn't have to be like this is how to get through it. It's like this is what I'm going through. And just like I think just sharing it and sharing what's on your heart is it helps people more than you know. So it's not like everything is rosy and perfect and Pollyanna. Like it's like this is real and this is what I'm going through. And like just sharing it is liberating. Just like we were talking about earlier with um, vulnerability. I think it like, it just like allows other people to be like, Oh, like I'm going through something similar or, you know, 
I, I always tell people, I joke around that like everybody has an ostomy, like everybody has a wound, a scar that like they think is really disgusting and gross and whatnot. Um, and so like just sharing about my wound allowed other people to open up about their wound. So it was, it was really cool how God just used it. And so I just like encourage everyone to be able to like not have it all together and not have it figured out and not have it perfectly polished. It's just like ready to, like it's ready as you are right now, like starting before you're ready, I think is so key. Absolutely. Oh gosh, I love that. Um, And actually, I I love that you said that, that everybody has an ileostomy because um, I, so kind of to back up a little bit, um, one of the things that I get to do as a part of my job that's I don't know if I can pick favorites, but I think it's all my favorite. So I'm going to say it's my favorite because um, it really is. Um, I get to lead a course um, a couple times a year called Make the Most mm-hmm. of Your Single Life, where yes. I take a group of women um, through just, you know, I think being single can be a really long time of like waiting and a lot of insecurity and yeah. um, a lot of comparison as all of your friends are getting married. And it feels like yeah. maybe God's kind of dropped the ball on your life. And um, right. I know that I saw so much purpose and goodness, um, in really, um, trying to make the most of that time while I was single and, um, trying to really use it to like further my passions and get to know myself Mm -hmm. and go deeper in my friendships and go deeper in my relationship with God. And, um, that's really set me up, um, for just a great life, but also, um, really put me in a position to not only meet my husband, but has really set us up for a great marriage. Anyway, all that to say, so I run this course, um, and basically it's, it's a course, but it's the closest thing I could get to having just everyone in my living room. Um, but, um, something that's it. come up a lot for, I think a lot of us, um, mm-hmm. is, well, a lot of the women in the course actually have, um, different things going on with them physically, like, um, yeah. different, um, illnesses or you know, sure. chronic pain, or I think some of them actually have, um, ileostomy bags. And I know that they have really yeah. worried about what that looks like for their dating lives and, and, yeah. and ha- feeling beautiful still in their skin. And yeah. even bigger than that, I love that you said we all have something because we really do. We all have these things that feel like deal breakers. And so can you talk yeah. about what it's been like, um, dating, having yeah. this kind of thing that makes it a little bit more complicated and, um, totally. kind of how you've felt beautiful in your skin. Like mm-hmm. anyway, just kind of what that process has looked like. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a really good question. So, um, okay. So while I was going through my surgery, I actually did have, I was dating someone. So like after, you know, it wasn't like in the beginning when I found out, but after a while I, I was dating someone and he stuck with me through, through that surgery. So I think that that in and of itself, um, we're not together today, but, um, in and of itself that really showed me like, Oh wow. Like people are not as afraid of it as I thought, you know? So I think that we tend to think that whatever we're going through and like whatever we have, whether it's like a zit on our nose or an ostomy bag, we think it is the biggest deal, right? Like I remember in high school, like some of my friends, this one girl who I I love so much, she would always just walk around with her hand on her nose whenever she had a zit because she didn't want anyone to see. It was so funny. So it's it's kind of like a good um, picture of what it's like when you have something like you think everybody notices, but they don't, you know, and it's just not as big of a deal to other people. So that kind of just showed me that. And that's just to encourage everyone. Like it's not, it's not as big as you think it is. Right. Um, but, and then, you know, I was single for a while and got back into the dating world and, you know, go on a couple dates with someone and you're like, okay, when's the time that I tell them? And, um, so I, 
a few years later was on a date, um, maybe like a third date with this guy. And I was like, okay, I think it's time. I think it's time I have to tell him. And so I start telling him and he smiled and he's like, you know, I already actually knew. And I was like, wait, what? And, um, he was like, he's like, I know it sounds weird, but the reason I wanted to take you out on a date was because I knew about your bag, your ostomy bag. And I was like totally floored, completely unexpected. But I guess, so he was a a mutual, like a mutual friend introduced us. And I guess that my friend had told him like, just so you know, she has a thing. And, um, and I think he like looked up my blog or something. Cause yeah. it's not like you can't Google that. So <laughs> he probably, you know, did a little stalking, don't we all? Yep, absolutely. Um, but yeah. So he found that out and he was like, you know, that was why I wanted to take you out because I was inspired by like the fact that you could use that as, um, as a way to make something positive. So I think like that just, you know, going back to the points we've made before, like coming out and just being so open about what you're going through really, it like, it touches people on a level that you don't even know and you're not even aware of. And actually like it helps people to like, to be able to love you because they see that like they can be loved despite their stuff, you know, and he had a slew of things that he thought made him like unlovable. And, um, for me to be able to be there for him and like totally validate in him that in him was awesome too. So that didn't, it wasn't like we went anywhere with that, but it was, you know, so that was just an example of being on like, you know, just in the dating world, you know, we weren't like in a relationship, but we were just in the dating world. And it was so cool to be affirmed in that. Um, and then, so right now I'm, you know, with my, uh, with my boyfriend right now, and we're um, actually talking about the next steps and getting married and that, which is so exciting. But, um, yeah, when we met, you know, I, I knew right away that he was the one I wanted to spend my life with, but, um, I was really afraid that like telling him this would, um, would just, you know, gross him out or maybe he'd second guess like what we had been talking about. And so I waited a couple, a couple weeks and, um, you know, cause I also didn't want him to, um, to love me because of that. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I, this is a part of me, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's not the full picture. So, um, so I did, you know, I came out and told him and, you know, I was like really, uh, vulnerable with it. I'm like, you know, this is something I have. It's not as big of a deal as it was when I was, when I first got it, but it's, it's here and it's a thing that I have to deal with. And like, sometimes it really stinks. Like it sucks, you know? And like, sometimes I wish it wasn't there. Um, and I have to be real with you. It's like, it's, it's an insecurity, but it's also a source of strength. And it's just like this mess of emotions that I have around it. And, um, he was, you know, he told me like later, he was telling me, he's like, that's the night where I knew I wanted to spend my life with you because like that really just showed me the kind of character that you had and that like, you could also hold me through the things that, um, that I thought were unworthy or disgusting or shameful. You know what I mean? So it's, um, I think honestly, girls, like if you have something going on that you think is so nasty and disgusting and just, ugh, like that is your greatest like tool for love <laughs> because it shows you how, like how you can just be, it's just, it's just this beautiful thing that you can use to portray like that. It's not all about you. It's about what God does through you. And, um, it shows your character, you know, it really, I think it shows that, um, 
that you're not, you know, obsessed about your physical appearance. And it shows that you have something deeper because you had to go to those deeper places. You know what I mean? Um, and, and then it shows people that they can trust you and that they can, they can be open and vulnerable with you. And I think everybody just wants someone they can be vulnerable with. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love that. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I, uh, yeah, I'm so glad you said every single bit of that. Um, so I know that there are, um, lots of women going through lots of different things, um, Mm -hmm. in our community and just seeing a lot of brokenness in their lives. Um, what kind of advice would you have for them, um, both to get through it, but also to, um, invite God to, to really redeem it and do beautiful things in it. And, um, and to like kind of participate in that process. Yeah. Okay. So I have a few things. I think that one of the, um, and I'd love to read some scripture for you if that's cool too. But, um, so there's a part in the Bible where, um, where Paul is, you know, he's in jail, he's in, he's captive. And, um, and what I think is so amazing is that he is singing while he's in jail, he's singing songs. Right. And I'm just like, Holy cow. Like that is a cool guy. If he can be like shackles on or shackles off, I am still going to praise you and I'm still going to worship. and I'm still going to be in my joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Right. So I just, I think that like knowing who who he is and who he says that we are as his daughters. Like if our identity does not um, come from like what we do or what we look like or what job we have or like our GPA or any of that, it really comes from our, like who we are in him and our identity as his daughter, as a child. And that just like gave me so much joy and strength. Um, and being able just like Paul to like, to just rejoice and sing songs, like even when you're in jail, right? I mean, it's like every situation that we can think of where we're in pain is kind of like a little jail cell, right? But if, if you can rejoice in that, like, I think, wasn't it like in the morning when, um, in the morning, like after that night of being in, in the jail cell, like the jail guard or something was, came to know the Lord. And I just think that's so cool that like, holy cow, like you, you've so much, um, you have like so much influence over people by just like allowing the Lord to be your strength. And I think, um, you know, just about beauty. Um, what I noticed when I started going to like, just going to a church where people really loved and knew the Lord and, um, you know, were more like biblically based, like, and just in the truth. Um, I noticed that everyone there was like so beautiful and like they actually like physically glowed, like they're radiant. And, um, I just realized that like, um, you know, in Psalms like 34 or five, it says those who look to him are radiant. And it's so true. Like you just glow with, um, with joy and it makes you physically beautiful. Have you ever noticed that? How like, yes. Okay. This is crazy. And I completely forgot about this. But there are, um, like when I really was getting to know the Lord, when I was like diving completely in and giving him everything I had, um, I started to look different. 
yeah. I swear I started to look different. So if you, um, so in the lipstick gospel, like if you see a picture of me when I was kind of in the party scene and when I was yeah. really focusing on how I looked, um, yeah. not that like, I still shower, you know, we still oh, like, do my hair, you know, um, you look great girl. But, oh, <laughs> but like, if you look at, at me, you know, my, my senior year, or I don't know, I guess kind of when I was in the party scene in college, um, yeah. versus when I'm you know, right after I graduated, I spent 10 weeks in Ghana where I was right. not showering as often. And I didn't have, you know, a blow dryer or anything. I swear, right. like, um, objectively, I am yeah. so much more beautiful, which I don't know if you can say that about yourself, but really like oh, I, I, so much more beautiful in the yeah. second picture. It is, I look different. Mm. It is crazy. Amazing. Oh I've my seen gosh, that in so many pictures. That's I know. I'll have to show you kind of a seven. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I totally have noticed that. That I just he, he like really he makes us glow. It's crazy. Yeah, he does. It's so cool. And like uh, I just think that's such a beautiful testament to to his love and the joy that he brings and um, just the truth. So there's a part in Romans five. It's Romans five three where it says, "Not only that, but we we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us um, does not put us to shame." because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I just think that that kind of like wraps it all up in that like your suffering is actually, if you let it, you have to let it. If you want to allow it to, it can be the source of the most beautiful testimony that um, the Lord wants to, like he wants to tell a story with your life, a beautiful story. And you can allow him to do that by rejoicing in your suffering, just like it says right there. And like our, you know, our hope that comes from the Lord, it results in joy. And I just think like, that is exactly how I've gotten to be able to be in such a good place where like, yeah, like these things happened and they've, they don't define me. They've refined me. Um, and like, I can still rejoice and be like, I, I just, I genuinely wake up with like, with his name on my, on my lips. Like I love him so much and he gives me so much joy and it's not because of, you know, um, of like what I'm doing in my life and like the things that I hope to like, you know, bring into fruition, like we've talked about, but like, it's because of who I am in him, you know? I love that. I love that. Okay. I feel like there are a thousand things I want to ask you that we haven't had time for, but, um, I want to make sure I have just a couple last like little questions that I want to ask you. Um, the first one is, um, I would love to know just what God's teaching you right now. Ooh. Okay. I'm so excited. Okay. So I, my boyfriend and I, Tanner and I, we just watched, um, we watched war room last week. Have you seen this? No, but I've been meaning to girl. I've been meaning to too. And I was putting it off and holy cow, you need to watch it. Like it just blew my mind. We were like, we need to make a war room. This is so cool. So basically the premise is like, as I'm sure you can gather, (laughs) it's like, sorry, I'm laughing because when my dad, he sat down to watch it with us, he's like, I thought this was going to be about a war. What is that? (laughs) It's like a, totally not a war. It's like a suburb down. So funny. But um, so anyway, it's basically about this woman who's like teaching a younger woman how to pray and pray fervently. Um, so I really feel like through that and, you know, of course, there were so many things leading up to it. So many vlogs in the in the stream, as you'd say, like where the Lord was just being like, girl, you got to you got to learn how to pray and pray fervently and consistently. And um, that movie really just like put the cherry on top of that ice cream. And, um, 
And it just taught me that like prayer is so powerful. I know we know it and we say it, but it is so powerful. And, um, so I, you know, my family doesn't know this. I, um, but so I'm, I'm living back with my parents for the next couple of months I was in Chicago at the moment. And so I'm back in like my childhood room and it's hilarious, but I love it. And I cleaned out one of my closets and I made it my war room. So, um, I basically have just been like posting up like different intentions and just learning how to like really pray and believing that he's going to like follow through on those prayers. And it's already started to like shift certain situations. So it's been really cool. He's been teaching me some cool things through that. I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, Okay. So the second thing I wanted to ask you is, um, what's something random that's bringing you joy in your life right now? (laughs) Um, okay. So, Oh my gosh. I think that there's so many things, but one of them is this book that I'm reading and I thought I brought it down. Oh yeah. It's right here. Um, okay. It's called wild and free. Have you heard of this book? I have, I have heard of it. So it's by Jess Connolly and Haley Morgan. I picked it up like a few months ago and it's just been like rocking my world because it's all just about, um, just like how God is like both wild and free and allows us to be wild and free. And like, it just spoke to me cause they just must've known what they were doing. Like marketing wise, like I'm such a like gypsy soul self-proclaimed. And, um, so it really spoke to me and it's like, it's just been so much fun to see how like we, he uses, like he tames us, but also because of like when we're obedient to him, we can also be free in that and be wild in that wild for him. You know what I mean? So that's been like, just so cool. And besides that, my nephews are just like the biggest joy ever right now in my life. So Oh, I love that. Oh, those are two <laughs> such good things. Um, okay. So then the last thing I wanted to ask is, um, who's a woman, um, that you kind of see in your life right now, um, or that you're kind of keeping an eye on or following, um, in different, in a different capacity, um, that's just really inspiring you right now. Yeah. Okay. So there are like a million because I am just like obsessed with, I just love everything that the Lord is doing through so many women. Um, but one that the first person that I thought of when you asked this question is, um, Jordan Lee of the soul scripts. Uh So I don't know where I've been for like the last how many years I've missed out on the party apparently, but she is super cool. And I've just loved her, um, her little blogs and her writing. And I just think she's like super inspiring and really makes, um, like living, uh, life, you know, as a Christian woman, like very relevant for, um, like modern, you know, women like us. So I think she's super cool. Yeah. I love Um, her. If you guys end up in Indianapolis, Jordan lives there and she and I just grabbed coffee in Indy like last week. Are you serious? Totally. Yeah. We met a couple years ago and we've been friends for a while now and she's absolutely the best. Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. You guys will love each other. We'll have to, we'll have to make that happen. Yes, for sure. Of course, you know her. (laughs) I mean, it's it's, it's such a God thing. Like I, it's, it's, she's awesome. Um, well, so I know that the girls are going to want to keep in touch with you and follow along with what you're doing. Um, you have so much going on right now and just, and, and so many things I know you're about to release out into the world. Um, so how can they, um, keep in touch with you and kind of follow along with you? Where can they find you? Yeah. So my website is lovedanamarie.com. And so you can go there and you'll have all the links. You can sign up for, um, a couple of free gifts that are in there. Um, I'll give you a few of my songs for free as well. 
And um, the best place social media wise is Instagram. So at Dana Marie official. So I'd love to hang out with you guys and just talk. And I'm just so grateful to meet all of (laughs) y'all. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on friend. I'm so glad we got to talk and so glad um, that my community gets to meet you because you are just a treasure. Oh, thank you. You guys, isn't Dana amazing? I just love her. I walked away from our conversation so inspired and filled up and excited about God and what he's capable of in our lives. I just loved it. So I know I mentioned that something really exciting happened in Dana's life the day after we recorded our conversation. Well, the day after we chatted, I got a text from Dana with a photo of her and her sweet boyfriend and something really sparkly on her left hand. You guys, the day after we recorded this conversation, they got engaged. Isn't that fun? I love that for her. Friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, it would mean so much to me if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go find it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode once a new one is released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take a second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' night. So would you guys do me a huge favor and just take a second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would really, really help us get started. Another thing is that I know that Dana and I talked about tons of fun things today on the show, and so if you ever want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website, stephaniemaywilson.com. For every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All of the links for everything we talked about will be there, including um, the links for our guests. So you'll be able to find a link for Dana's blog and her Instagram so that you guys can follow her and so that y'all can be friends. So head on over to stephaniemaywilson.com and you can find the links for everything we talked about today. Okay, so last thing, and this is a super fun announcement. So do you guys remember when I asked Dana who's been inspiring her lately and she said Jordan Lee from the blog Soul Scripts? And do you remember when I told her that Jordan's a friend of mine and that Jordan's going to be on the podcast this season? Well, Jordan is actually our guest next week. I cannot wait for you guys to meet her. Jordan and I are going to be talking all about comparison, and it was actually a really vulnerable conversation for us. If you've ever compared yourself with your girlfriends or felt like there wasn't room for you in an area of the world because there are already people doing what you want to do, or if you've ever felt not good enough or like you don't measure up, well, friend, we have felt that way too, and we're going to share all about that in this episode. I hope this conversation is as good for y'all's hearts as I know it was for ours. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be out next Monday. And friends, that's all I have for you today. Guys, thanks so much for joining us for Girls' Night, and I will see you next week.